following audio is from Downtown Church, a kingdom-focused, gospel-centered, multi-ethnic, multi-class ministry in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, please visit downtownchurch.com. Our scripture this morning comes from John 12, starting in verse 27. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him, so that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? All to whom, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many, many, even the authorities, nevertheless, many, even the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has, given him, has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that this commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Mamie. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us for worship. I just want to remind you, in case you've forgotten, that it's a privilege to hear from an eternal God who has preserved his eternal word so that we can know him and we can know what it is he requires of us with our lives so let's go to this eternal God and ask him to bless his words so that we may be transformed this morning pray with me father we do thank you that you are 
high and lifted up, but yet you are so near to our lives. Thank you for your inspired word that it gives us the path to life. It equips us with everything that we need. So, Father, would you subdue our anxious hearts and our distracted minds so that we can hear from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you for speaking to us, O oh Lord. Your service listen. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said together, amen. I want to pose a question to you, church. What is your purpose in life? And before you are quick to answer that, I, I'm curious, how did you come to realize that particular purpose? I mean, was it somebody who told you, or did you tell yourself? Because the, the, the source of our purpose, it matters. Because it drastically affects the way we, we see the world, the way we do life. It affects how we invest our time. It, it affects how we invest our resources, the, the type of friends we engage with. It affects how we view ourselves. It affects what you define as worth and valuable. The Bible is very clear that God created us on purpose, with the purpose, to honor him, glorify him, to, to enjoy him. And as we are doing those things, honoring and enjoying God, other people are blessed. And I can imagine for a lot of us, maybe your purpose is not as clear as you want it to be right now. For some of us, maybe it is crystal clear. But the question that begs the answer, are you living a life that pleases God? And I wanna, I wanna remind us again, church, that we can no longer be seduced and lured by the world that, that, that promotes and sells all kinds of purposes. But these purposes are, are self-centered. They're void of God. It has nothing to do with being with Jesus for all of eternity. Life is too short. Not only that, God is too good for us to build our lives on these fickle, temporal purposes. We've been making our way through the gospel according to John, and John has a clear purpose. As he's recording these, these accounts, he's recording Jesus' teachings, his signs, and all of his, well, not all, but most of his miracles. John has a purpose, and it is that we may believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to, to believe and to know this, this triune, eternal God who, who had an eternal plan to send the God, the God-man, Jesus Christ, to be born of a baby, to live 33 years in perfect obedience, but also to suffer at the cross. And trust me, the world would be a completely different place had not Jesus come with that particular purpose. Life wouldn't be worth living unless Jesus had came and given us that hope. I want to submit to you this main idea from our text this morning, which is Christ's purpose was to please the Father 
through his obedient death so that we may have life in him through faith. Y'all get that? Christ had a purpose. It was to please the Father through his obedient death so that we may have life in him through faith. And with that main idea in mind, I want us to see why the Father was pleased with Christ. First, our text teaches us that the Father was pleased with Christ because Christ's main ambition was to bring honor to the Father even at the expense of his own comfort. You see, Jesus' earthly ministry is coming to an end. Three years of intentional ministry, practicing and proclaiming the kingdom of God. But that hour had come. That hour would be the worst day of his life, but the best day for our lives. We call that Good Friday. And everything that Jesus had taught, he lived in those 30 years. It, it was coming to a head. He was there to do what the Father sent him to do. He was sent to be the sacrificial lamb on our behalf, to absorb hell itself for our sake, to experience that excruciating pain on the cross, that, that, that separation from the Father. But Jesus didn't hide his feelings about his suffering. In fact, Jesus was shaken at his core. Look with me in verse 27. He says, my soul is troubled. And the original language, it, it literally says, he says, my soul has been troubled. Jesus is the God, man. He, he has a soul. And that soul is, is shaking. He's, he's distressed because he knows what's ahead of him. He knows what the Father has for him. And one thing is, is very obvious. As you look at the scriptures and you look closely at Jesus' life, one thing is very clear that Jesus can identify with humanity in every shape or form, yet without sin. You may be thinking, ah, Ortez, my situation is really unique. And I will counter that. It ain't that unique to Jesus. He can identify with us in every shape or form. He wasn't an exception to the rule. He didn't come seeking out a comfortable life. He knew what was his fate. He knew what was his destiny, what was ahead of him. He felt some kind of way about suffering, as we should as well. And if I was to be frank, excuse me, parents, I hope this is not too, but suffering sucks. It sucks. Losing a loved one, it sucks. Many of us have experienced that in recent weeks or recent months or recent years. Experiencing pain, that sucks. Depression, it sucks. Being treated unjustly, it sucks. But what do we do with our suffering? Because there's some things you just can't pray away. It's some things that we probably have to endure for some time. Now, if, if suffering was just, you know, let, let's just suffering, let's, start, let's suffer for suffering's sake, then I don't want nothing to do with that. I got enough issues in my life. There's enough things going on in our world. But Jesus, he shows us how not to waste our suffering. And it starts with having the chief end in mind. His ultimate purpose was to glorify the Father. 
And so, in other words, everything that we go through, even on our worst days and our best days, we have a sovereign and good God who's using everything to refine us, to make us more in the image of Christ, to prepare us for glory. The road to glory is a road marked with suffering. But there is something glorious that's coming. I believe at any given season in our lives, generally, you either are currently in a storm, currently coming out of a storm, or you're about to go into a storm. And I want to encourage us, brothers and sisters, may we develop that muscle, that reflex, that doesn't resort to comfort, that doesn't run away from suffering, but with the Spirit's help, with his power, with his strength, may our hearts echo what the psalmist said in Psalms 115. The psalmist says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Jesus was all about the Father's glory, even in the face of terror. The worst day of his life, he wanted to please the Father. How can we become a people who grab hold of their hope that is well beyond this world, anything that we can experience? How can we be a people that grab hold of God's unchanging hand, his steadfast love, his faithfulness, those truths that says nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Think about right now, what is something you're tempted to run away from? What is that hardship, that trial that you either are tempted or you have been running away from? Brothers and sisters, I want to remind you that we have a God that that trial doesn't mean, that trials anything to him. It doesn't compare to his power. It doesn't compare to his love and his care that he has for us. But if you need another encouragement, as Jesus had the end in mind, he had the Father's glory in mind. And we want to do everything to honor him. The Father was pleased because Christ's ambition, his main ambition, was to please the Father. Secondly, the Father was pleased because Christ's sacrificial death, it actually renewed our purpose to glorify God. If it wasn't for his death, his burial and resurrection, we wouldn't be able to glorify God within ourselves. And Jesus reminds us in verse 46 that he is the light of the world. And the light of the world has come into the world to, to rescue us from darkness. Apart from Jesus, all we know is darkness. I don't care how good you look on the outside, how much you work out, how much you take care of your body. Spiritually, apart from Jesus, you're disgusting. We're disgusting. We're full of sin. We're full of darkness. The Bible describes spiritual darkness as this, this ignorance to the will of God. And if we're ignorant to the will of God, what God wants for our life, we're just living our lives non-submissive, unsubmissive to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I mean, think about being in a dark room before you come into a room at night, before you cut the lights on, you wake up in the middle of the night. It's almost as if you got your eyes closed and you're, you're searching, you're, you're grabbing from things, trying to touch something. You, you, you stumble along the way. You may hurt yourself or hurt somebody else. In the same manner, spiritual darkness, we live our lives grasping for significance through that job, grasping for identity and value as a mom or as a dad, looking for something to, to fill you up, creating your own narratives, moving how you want to move, because it's all up to you, all the while living in hostility to God. There is this, this narrative that the culture is selling to us. It's this whole idea, I can do it on my own. I got it out the mud. I, I pulled myself over my bootstraps. I can, live, I can actually live a life without investing in that Jesus that you have. That's far from the truth. And it's foolish thinking. It's destructive thinking. Trust me, I know. That was my life for 18 years of my life. Maybe you're saying, Pastor Artez, I, I hear you, man. You don't have to convince me that I'm a sinner. You don't have to convince me that I fall short of God's glory. We all do, brother or sister. Maybe you're thinking about how you probably made a mess of your life, living in darkness. There were probably addictions in your life that, that ruined friendships, that probably caused separation from your loved ones, your family. There were probably decisions that you made repeatedly over and over and over that were against God's approval. And not only that, because of those decisions were against God's approval, you're still suffering the consequences to this day. You may be thinking, brother, give me some truth. <laughs> give me some encouragement. How could I please God with that track record? If you really know my story, I don't know. Let me give you a little bit of encouragement. So, two years ago, God was starting to teach me some stuff through my, my daughter. And I remember I was cleaning up. I'd be sweeping the living room or sweeping the dining room, you know, getting the, the fries and the, the random toys, the random paper underneath the couch, you know. It seemed like they, kids eat and just throw stuff anywhere. And I remember I was cleaning up one day and I was making the pile and I was about to kneel down and sweep it up into the dustpan. And my daughter stopped me. She said, Daddy, no, 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 no. Don't throw that away. I say, why? It's, 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 it's trash. I'm, I'm about to throw it away. She say, no, that's for AJ's toy. I say, okay, here, just take it out. Go take it to AJ. I'm sweeping up. No, 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 Daddy. Don't throw that away. I say, Grace, it's a random piece of paper. It's balled up. It's written on. She say, no, that's the laptop for my baby dogs. I say, okay. She got her own little imagination. So sometimes I try to be sneaky. When she's not around, I'm here, you know, sweeping up, trying to get the trash up and throw it away so she won't stop me. But it hit me, y'all. It hit me. That's what grace does. Grace had a vision to repurpose what I thought was trash. What I didn't see any value in, she saw value in. G. 
That's the gospel. That's what Jesus did. The world look at your track record. The world look at your shortcomings, your life, your bad decisions, your, your past, your addictions, and say, nah, you don't have any value. God say, no, you have value because of my blood, because of my righteousness, because of what I have accomplished on the cross. My victorious death, and I reign now, and I give you new life. I give you new purpose. Does anybody have a testimony that the Lord has pulled you out out of your filth and renewed your life? There is hope. His death broke the chains, y'all. When you were living a life, you couldn't really live your full potential because you was in shackles. All you knew was sin. Boy, God, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Apostle Paul reminds us, if anyone who is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When you look at yourself in the mirror, don't look at, oh, my, my lashes, my ways, are they spinning? You know, am I losing the weight? Don't look at the external things. Look at the new creation in Christ. If this is your faith, God renews your purpose. He sets you on a new trajectory. You have a whole outlook on life. You have a whole different outlook on people. You see people as image bearers who have potential. No matter what neighborhood they're from, no matter if they on South Main Street asking for a couple dollars to get into the shelter, we're not the judge. It's everything in me to remind myself that sister, that brother is an image bearer. When we have renewed purpose, your vocation, your job is not just a job for the sake of make, making ends meet, but you want to make much of God. You want to show off his glory as a creative, as a counselor, as a business owner, as a teacher, as a consultant, whatever job that you have, you say, God, my aim, my ambition is to make much of you. So use me as you please. The Father was pleased with Christ because through his death, it renewed our purpose in him. And lastly, I want us to see the Father is pleased with Christ because Christ would justly judge those who reject his words. Now, I know I may not get a lot of amens on this, but because I love y'all, but I love God more, this is the reality of the scriptures. God gives us the best purpose to live for, his glory. But the reality is that not everyone is going to see that purpose as worth living for. Because we want to please ourselves. Do what feels good to you. It's all about me myself, and I. And when we become more and more consumed with ourselves, we become less and less consumed with God's glory. When you're all about pleasing Artez, you have little to no room to please the Father and also for the good of other people. Richard talked about that last week. I heard a pastor, Pastor John O. in Atlanta, 
He said in his book, he said, we live in a world that is unimpressed with God as someone who stays seated for the bride at a wedding. Okay, let me break that down. So go with me. Somebody getting married, downtown, a whole church is invited, all right? So we at this wedding, y'all. We sit in our seats. Think about the bride. She has spent countless hours, preparation, last-minute logistics. She got the perfect dress. She, she glammed up. This is the day. And we come excited. The groom, he all right, but we here for the bride. And we're sitting in that venue, and the officiate tells us, rise to your feet, and let's welcome the bride. And them double doors open. She has this smile on her face, and she's walking down that aisle, and everybody, attention's on the bride. Beautiful dress, gorgeous. This is the best day of her life. And as you scan the room, you see someone sitting down, clueless to what's going on, head buried in their phone. How do you think the bride would feel? Feel hurt. That's like the ultimate sign of, of disrespect. I mean, maybe, I mean, our culture, I'm just, in my Western culture, I, I believe you stand when the bride is coming. That's how you show respect. All of your attention and your focus is supposed to be on that one particular person when she comes down that aisle. But that person is not acknowledging her whatsoever. It's kind of like us. We live our lives completely resistant against God's words. The very person that created us, the very person who knew us when we were in our, before we were in our mother's womb. Psalms 139 said he knitted us together. He says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Every breath, every breath we have, he's given us breath in our lungs to praise him and honor him. But yet, we live our lives as if God doesn't exist, as if he isn't good. We're not acknowledging him with our resources you could be the most talented person in the world, doing a lot of good things, quote-unquote, but what is it apart from God's glory? Jesus says, the one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. And the word that I have spoken will judge him on that last day. That last day is going to be a very serious day. It's going to be a dreadful day for some. So why would you wait to that last day to consider this good guy and everything he already accomplished on your behalf? Why would you continue to resist Reject his words. He has the words of life. The words of eternal life. Of abundant life. At that point, it really don't matter how much money you had in your bank account. It doesn't matter how many social media followers you had at that point. 
doesn't matter, you were a doctor. Um, it doesn't even matter, you were a pastor. What matters is that you know the Lord Jesus Christ, and he knows you. What matters is that you're, you're leaning heavy on his righteousness, not on your righteousness. That's what matters. And so as we, we live our lives, brothers and sisters, we grab hold of to the righteousness of God by faith. That's motivating us that nothing is wasted about our lives. Not the good, the bad, the ugly. It doesn't compare to the triumphal resurrection when he call you out that grave. He say, come home. There will be a day when your hour will come. And that hour, as I said, it could be a dreadful hour. And what remains is, do you have enough of your bank account to pay the debt of your sins? But if your faith is in Jesus, you got more than enough. And that hour will come when the Lord Jesus Christ says, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'm pleased with you. If this is not your faith, I encourage you to come see me. Come see one of the pastors. Come see one of the community group leaders, one of the elders or the deacons. We ain't here to judge. (laughs) We here to love. We want to meet y'all where y'all at. Do not leave this place. Do not lay your head on the pillow without probably talking to someone. You're not going to have all the answers that you want to all the questions. But let this be a next step. Because, brothers and sisters, my hope is that we all would desire to live a life that's pleasing to God because it matters at the end. And even now, it matters. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are so good and so kind to us. God, you tell us your patience It's meant to lead us to repentance. Thank you for not giving up on us. Christ, thank you for pursuing us. Christ, thank you for your perfect obedience and righteousness that renews us, that we can live life the way you wanted us to live, not perfectly, but faithfully as we progress on this journey to see you one day face to face. So I pray, may we be transformed, God, by your word, Holy Spirit, would you pierce through any hard and cold hearts right now, any skepticism and doubt right now, bring your people home. It's in Christ's name we pray, and all God's people said together, amen. All right, would you stand to your feet as you receive God's blessing as you go? Please extend your hands. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the God of love, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace. Amen. Amen.